It's Tia. It's been a Mississippi minute, but we bite, baby. What's up, Pink Posse? It's your girl, Josh. And yep, we back at it like a crack at it. It's your girl, Jiggy, a.k.a. Tanika. Listen, pull up on us. It's time to cut up, because we back. What's up, Pink Posse? It's your girl, Koji. And we're back. Pink Sunday Radio. Well, hello, hello, hello. This is Koji. Thank you so much for joining us again. I have Tamika. Hey, y'all. Tia <laughs> is here. Hello, hello. And and Ja. Hey, hey, everyone. All right. So last night we rewatched episode 102, which is titled Scars. Um, the director is Kimberly Pierce. The cinematographer is Richard J. Vallee, or Violet. Uh, music supervisors, of course, are Sarah Bromberg, Stephanie Diaz-Matos, um, executive producer Katori Hall, co-executive producer, you know, on and on and on, right? So this week we had a big announcement. We were nominated for six, six NAACP Image Awards. So let's just give the cast a nice little applause. Yay. All right. <laughs> so um, next we're going to have Ja. She's going to give us the flow of the show and her disclaimer. I see that Tia has already put in the written format layout and everything. Um, we're going to make sure to let people know on Twitter when they can call per usual. And like last week, we kind of navigated something different. Within, within each segment, we may be able to say call. So we'll, we'll see what happens, right? All right, Josh, go ahead. All right, everybody, please mute your phone when you're not talking to limit background noise. If you get disconnected after you speak but still want to comment on another topic, please call back in. We definitely want you to get your complete thought out, but please try to be as concise as possible so everyone gets a chance to speak. We're very honored to have both your support and participation. Now, before we get into the meat and potatoes of everything, I would like to give a brief disclaimer. The views and opinions expressed in this show are those of the speakers and do not necessarily reflect the views or position of any entities they represent unless specifically quoted. Listener discretion is advised. Okay, and that is word. Now, Tanika, do you have anything that you want to add? Um, yeah, there's a couple of places that um, they can follow us. If they don't already, they can go to uh, at Pink Sunday Radio on Twitter or Instagram um, to listen to the replay after the episode is over or for the bonus episodes. They can go to PinkSundayRadio.com, and that will take them to Apple Podcasts, or they can search Pink Sunday Radio on Spotify or Google um, Podcasts. They can also subscribe to our link tree, which is linktree slash Pink Sunday Radio. So you don't have to search for anything. All the links are right there. You can even vote for the NAACP Awards 
right from the button on the link tree. Also, last thing, I want to give a shout-out to Me22, Kendra, and John Tesha for those five-star reviews that they left last week on Apple Podcasts. Thanks, y'all. We appreciate it. Yes, thank y'all ladies so much. Uh, I read the reviews, and it was very sweet. Um, we would love any other reviews as well. Just keep rating us and give your opinions on the show because it is very, very important. Um, and Tia, do you have anything you want to add, my dear? Uh, no, yeah. uh, well, yes, I guess. <laughs> um, in addition to what Nika said, of course, <laughs> Twitter is oh. the main place that all the new news, um, what's going on with Pink Sunday Radio will be. So make sure that you are following us because um, everything is usually posted there first. Um, and also in all of our bios, if you can't remember the link tree, the link tree link is in all of our bios so twitter is the place to be first and then go ahead and get in that link tree and look at all the other platforms too yeah definitely shout out to you tanika because the link tree is so cute like i didn't even know we had a youtube okay bitch i was like wait what we have a youtube so we we don't have a lot of things coming up for you guys okay just just know that this time around we are not plan. We are not planned. So yes, follow all our socials, link tree, everything. Okay, so this week is gonna be a little bit different, guys. Your girl ain't feeling that good. I don't even talk about it. But I'm going to hand over the hosting reins as far as guiding everything, the flow of our outline for the episode over to producer job. So without any further ado, what is the first topic, y'all? Oh, all right, everybody. Um, so the first topic we want to talk about is Fantasy Friday, right? We come into <laughs> the scene, and we got Corbin laid out in the pink cloud, um, Mississippi and um, Mercedes, you know, we got a little role play situation going on. A lot has happened in this space. Um, so personally, I was shocked by just seeing that whole scene. I haven't watched TV in I don't know how long. So first thing, I'm like, yes, let's get into it. And we've got a <laughs> naked Corbin <laughs> on a cloud. There is dick and balls just, hello, good morning. Oh and I was like, <laughs> I was like, oh, my God, I am somebody's mother. Like, (laughs) what am am I watching? So how was that for everybody else? Because was everybody else equally as shocked? Or have you just been watching stuff and you're like, girl, that was nothing. You you tripping. I think I've watched enough HBO to be used to it. Like, (laughs) just normal for most shows, I think. Basically, Game of Thrones, like, you know, like, if you Mm -hmm. were able to watch Game of Thrones, sweetie, this was, like, just nothing. Um, I think, for me, I was just the dialogue. It was the dialogue for me. Like, I I didn't care about naked bodies. I didn't care about none of that. I was just, like, not him being a slave, not them being nasty. (laughs) 
oh, wow, he has a lot of damage. You know what I'm saying? It just, I mean, but it made sense, too. Um, but I think for me, that scene in particular was all about, wow, this is the role reversal we're doing. And I have a feeling that um, Cliff had probably had, them in that, had him in that position chained up like that as well. Because I will stick mm-hmm. by that he is the sub and Chris is the dog. So that's that's my only thought, the dialogue. So I don't care how much PG-13 rated our TV, like actual small screen TV I can watch. I am always surprised at full frontal nudity with men. Like, because mm-hmm. most shows don't really, like, they'll, like, kind of show it, but that's to me, that specific part of the scene is a little like, oh, okay, that's what we're doing. Got it, got it, got it. Because, you know, after <laughs> one-on-one, you're still kind of in the dark about exactly what we're doing here. So I was, when you're coming into 102, you're like, um, okay. And I love me that's some true. Corbin, but little Corbin was not giving <laughs> at all. It was not, it was not giving <laughs> at all. But Quita said something on the timeline. She said she noticed that little Corbin wasn't given here, but little Corbin was up and at attention when he was with Unc. So I don't know if y'all want to talk about that part. So in other words, we really do get a little crazy. (laughs) So the one thing that I wondered in this scene is if maybe this was, why he wasn't Cliff's regular. Like, if she wasn't with all the, you know, the BDSM Roots cosplay that he's on and the slave play that he wants. Because when he is in the room with Cliff um, in two, what is that, two, nine or whatever episode that was, she wasn't doing all Mm -hmm. this this master-slave stuff. So I wondered if that's why he had to go to uh, Keyshawn and... Mercedes, if she was like, you know, you got to find somebody else to do all that. That makes a lot of sense. And something I noticed is that I don't think Keyshawn was actually also the mistress. Keyshawn seemed to be somewhat also in the submissive position. Like she was like, what happened? You know, and she's like, he's like, Massa caught me with my hand in the cookie jar, and you know. But she also seems to be submissive in the situation. And Sadie's is the master. Right. That's how I kind of viewed it, but I never saw it that way initially. Like, that's another thing that just kind of popped up in that um, rewatch. And I noticed how also he says Massa instead of, like, master. Mm-hmm. I got some friends in the life. And so... Generally, yes, mistress or master is what you would use. But it's like Corbin specifically wants that, like you said, that, that not just a, like a BDSM slave energy. He's playing that slave slave mm-hmm. energy. Right. So, yeah, that's real crazy. And they, they highlight almost, that in this episode that, or I don't know if it's this episode, that his issues are more or deeper with the racial lines. It's not just a fetish. There's some like deep seated like racial identity issues there. That's mm-hmm. what I was just fixing to say, um, Tia, because I think for him he's always wanted to 
really experience his blackness. I mean, the little comment, which, I mean, we may bring up later, but the comment about we brothers, we kinfolk, you know what I'm saying? I think that acceptance Mm -hmm. of wanting to be black is very important. So it's almost like he's reclaiming his roots by doing this specific role play. Like, I I looked at it that way, you know, because I was just like, why would you do that? Okay. So for me, I thought that was possibly a reason for him to do that specific role play. And also Mercedes, it's funny that Mercedes and Cliff are the dom. That's her bottom bitch. Like, if you notice mm. a lot of their scenes together, it's, a lot of their scenes together is parallel because it's like um, Cliff could be crying or breaking down, and then she checks her. She's like, what, what's rule number, blah, 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 blah. So it's just funny to me. I was just thinking about that. I was like, both of them are doms. That's the bottom bitch. Okay. Mm. So I'm done. So like a passing yeah. of the torch. If, I mean, like, however you want to say it, like I, I'm, I just, yeah. You know, you just what it made me think of when you said it made sense because of that relationship. So it's like, I'm not going to do this anymore. I don't want to participate, but you're my, you know, you're my second in command. Yeah. So let me That's take right. it down. Now you do it. Yes, ma'am. I love that. Yes, ma'am. So I want to throw one more thing out there before we kind of move on to Unc and Haley's conversation. Um, but, so you mentioned um, him wanting to experience his blackness. And I kind of always got the idea that he wanted to have more of the power of his whiteness. But do you think it's more of that struggle in general that some mixed race people have is that they don't feel all the way one thing or the other, or they don't always fit in. And so that maybe at any given Mm -hmm. time, they're always toggling in between Am I black? Am I white? Or what parts of my blackness do I want? And what parts of my whiteness do I want? Mm-hmm. Like, what do you guys, I mean, none of us are technically, you know, we're all, everybody's mixed with something, but we're not necessarily in that position. But if you know anyone who is and have had that conversation, what do you think that thought process is for them? Or do you think it's Corbin's thought process? I think he's always wanted the power of his white side and he goes after it the way that he does in business um, because it was denied to him for so long. Um, I really want to see his backstory of growing up as kind of the bastard child in the city because his last name was Kyle from what I'm assuming the entire time. So I and I imagine that the Kyle family is like the family, you know, when they be like, oh, you're from the Tuckalisa Kyles. Like, I feel like they're that kind of family. So I would like to see, I think we'll get a lot more to that when we see his backstory, which I hope they give to us, because you're Kyle, but you don't do anything with the family. The family doesn't claim you and you're clearly black. And the maid and the daddy have probably been seen doing stuff they wasn't supposed to do around town. So maybe it's even deeper just into how he was treated by his fellow, his black peers, being a quote-unquote Kyle, an illegitimate Kyle. Mm -hmm. 
Does anybody else want to touch on that before we move along? I don't think I have anything on that. You called your phone? No, I already said my thoughts on the, you know, on the on the dialogue and the struggle. Yeah. Okay. So then after that, we pan into Uncle and Haley. You know, well, first we get to see Brazil and all <laughs> her glory in the pink vet. You know, yes. Um, we see yo, yes. who somebody called him a Julio or somebody or somebody said this <laughs> came from the check cash <laughs> place. Javier, somebody said Javier. <laughs> no, no, it was Javier. It was Javier. They didn't mean it like that. Like, come on, guys, this is a look. We love everybody here. <laughs> yeah, 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 <laughs> this yeah. That type of party. But I just never but, knew you he know. was there. I I didn't realize it. Well, I think, okay, so there's a scene after Brazil, after we see Brazil and the vets showing up and showing out, you know, on the stage, we pan over to Unk at the pool table, you know, as we follow Brazil there. Mm -hmm. And next to Mm -hmm. Unk is a gentleman who, to me, favors the guy from the, whatever, the the check cashing place. Right. Yeah. And he reaches for something under Unk's leg. We can get into that. And then uh, when Brazil walks up, he starts uh, throwing them dollars all on the ground. There's only one thing under there that he could be reaching. You know? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that's what I I mean. This ain't no apple picking orchard, so we know what time it is, right? (laughs) Oh, my God. Oh, my God. But then okay. Haley comes by, and Haley is trying to skirt, skirt past Unc, and Unc is like, uh-uh, I need it. my ID, <laughs> you know? So um, that whole section, like her, that dialogue about getting the ID and mm-hmm. stuff like that. Um, what do you guys think about that dialogue and that exchange between the two of them? Um, before we get into the dialogue, can I just say, um, when the vets were on the stage, I know we talked about whether or not Toy gets on mm. the pole. So I paid close attention to what was happening on this stage. And I don't know if, like, Toy is supposed to be afraid of heights or whatever, but mm-hmm. she, like, climbs on the pole, like, six inches. Like, she barely gets off the ground. <laughs> she spins around one time, and she's right <laughs> off that pole. Like I, Sadie said, her non-polling ass. She is definitely non-polling. That was not her. I know somebody, uh, Ja. You thought maybe uh, one of the other dancers was standing on top of her on the pole. No, that was um, no. uh, That was Jupiter. That was definitely Mm -hmm. not not toy. Yeah, it was Jupiter and um, extra extra. Yep. Yeah. And it's so funny to me because the the actress who oh, plays Toy is such a good dancer, you know. That that's uh-huh. the funny part to me, because cause she kills it. She is, oh my god, she's amazing. She's amazing. So I think it's hilarious that they have her acting like <laughs> she can't do too much. But yeah, okay. Well, I know here in Atlanta strip clubs, it's a lot of toys that 
twerk and do that kind of stuff, but they don't really get on the pole because you, I li- I really liked, and we're not on this, but I really liked the, when Gidget was trying to teach Haley how to do the pole, and she really talked about it's not just strength, it's really like throwing mm-hmm. your weight, and I think that's what a lot of girls have problems with, um, and particularly sometimes petite girls because there's not as much weight to throw like toy. Um, although, like like you said, in real life, she's phenomenal. But you see that quite a bit in Atlanta strip club, that mm-hmm. you have, like, the girls that pull and the girls that twerk. And, you know, there's a customer for each type of girl. Um, so mm-hmm. we have that here. With that pool scene with um, Javier, as we talk about always, 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 nothing Katori and them do is by accident. There is no world where I've don't believe that that is Javier from the check cashing place because it's the only thing that makes sense. I don't think we see too many other cultures in the club that much, like just on a regular day. So it makes total sense that he's in there right after the check cashing thing, especially because since they're all there now building the casino, the whole crew. So I think you might, you know, see a few more uh, friendly faces for Unc. Oh, oh, that don't sound too uh, safe, but uh, <laughs> I want to see Coach, it. Or does she go off the floor? Help me. Yeah, I don't know. Tanika wants the drama. I want the mess. Yeah. <laughs> oh my God. Yes, she does. Yes. I just, I think it's funny that um. Haley thought everybody was getting paid under the table. Like, you know, it's like, bitch, you just got here. How are you just saying, and Monte gets paid under the table and da 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 da. I'm like, girl, you are the most judgmental person that is a fake person. That's what's so crazy to me with, with Haley. She legit walking around with a fake ID and have the bird a question about pay for other people. She's a trip. But um, as always, Cliff is hilarious. Everything he said was, you know, okay, some of these, and, you know, um, they're an independent contractor. Like, it just lets you know that they are legit a business. They had like, they've been around forever. You know what I'm saying? They may have financial problems, but, you know, we are legit, so... I like that scene. I don't know what y'all thought about it. The biggest part I hated about this scene, or not hated, this is where I really started hating Haley when she said, "When since when does do does a brothel need papers on its fours? What part, where mm-hmm. have you, you've been there a day, a literal like two, three days, Thank and you. you already, like the whores, where have you seen whores? Like, even if there are, you haven't even been here long enough to even see that. Like, to me, that was hella disrespectful. Well, yes. she's, she spends so much time, you know, doing the bare minimum on her lap dances and trying to peek around corners and peek into the paradise room and minding other people's business. That's why she thinks it's a brothel. Like, she's not concentrating on what she's supposed to be doing because she's giving the bare minimum. Like, she was giving that lady that lap dance and doing barely anything. And and, and Diamond had to come in there and, and check her about keeping her eyes on her own paper. So and then the lady said something in the background, like, yeah, tell her, or something like that. That shit was hilarious. Yeah. Like, come on, girl. Yeah, that's what she said. Come on, girl. Yeah. 
oh my goodness. And Corbin thinks she's a she's an assassin, like dance assassin or whatever he said. Last Nigga, quit lying. Like no, like no. That's what I said on the timeline. Like oh my god, stop lying. Oh, god. Maybe he meant she came in there and killed yeah. the mood. <laughs> Girl. Maybe, maybe, maybe. Well, after that exchange, right, we get into the office and with Big L. And Big L got on his uh, big brother draws, you know, that day. Um we find out that Unc is holding, you know, we get a little information on how long they've been rocking with each other and what the situations are, um, and we find out that Unc is in debt. The club is in debt, and um, she don't seem to be too willing to face, you know, her issues, you know, and Big L is like, look. We are in a lot of trouble. You need to pay attention to the situation. Like, what's up? You know, so um, what are your thoughts around the debt of the club and, and seeing her reaction and his reaction to those realities? And him even feeling like he could come to her like that. Um, so I had a question, like, how, what would have to happen for a payday loan to be in default and you have 30 days to pay the whole thing? Like, has she not been paying anything at all? Like, because she hasn't paid the minimum payment. And like, like how long, like a month, a couple of months? At least a couple of months. So what is she doing with the money? Like, they're making money, obviously. So what is she doing? I don't know why she thinks the soap down is going to get her the money that she needs to, to pay this <laughs> off, but that that ain't going to get it, girl. Oh, my Talking God. Talking about 55000 <laughs> Big L talking about 55000 She was like, the car wash. What? Because she, every time they short our money, it's the soap down going to do it, the last dance going to do it, this night going to do it. And in my mind, I'm like, if y'all haven't been making the money to pay through any of these sources to pay the bills now, what is having you so optimistic that it's going to bring it in? But that car wash is going to bring in hella bank. It's a, I, I can't imagine it's enough cars in three states to wash to be able to pay back 55000 nope. in debt. I wonder what her monthly payments are. Well, that's the Either thing. Way she she's, paying. A, she's not paying it, but that's the problem with the payday loan specifically versus a bank loan. And that goes into a lot of stuff that the show talks about with underserviced cultures because she probably couldn't get a bank loan for several reasons Mm -hmm. so she had to go to the payday loan but Mm -hmm. it's the interest because i don't think she borrowed fifty five thousand. because is she if i remember she said she borrowed it 
for the Paradise Room, I can't see the Paradise Room costing 55000 So most of that is interest, and that's kind of another level of the kind of how the system goes against, you know, black people, particularly in smaller communities like this, because there aren't a whole lot of options for her to get legitimate financing that doesn't have those crazy, crazy interest rates. So she goes to get one and is working, but she's basically like working against herself. She's robbing, like she said, robbing Peter to pay Pamisha because that's all you can do on a loan like that. And 55000 like that's crazy to owe because it took Mercedes seven years to make, to get $20,000 up. So I can imagine just the expenses there are a lot. Because if you all look, the pink is, like, really big. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Chunky Light in the chat says she inherited the loan from Ernestine. So they, she actually has multiple loans, I think, right, that she's trying to pay back all at yes. the same time, the ones from Ernestine yes. and the ones she took out herself to upgrade the pink. Correct. Correct. Um, Well, you know, with payday loans, it goes by your income. So that's always interested me about the payday loans when she's talking about it because um, I'm just like, okay, she's very, very secure, and these people are going to bring in a lot of money. And she, like you said, Tia, she keeps saying that, like, oh, Mercedes, Mercedes last thing going to have an interstate, in, what did she say, interstate lit up or something? Like, people was going to come from other cities, um, the soap down was going to make this money. And I'm like, when you go to the payday loan, because, I mean, shit, I didn't have one, they go by your income. So I'm like, I wonder how much revenue the tank is bringing in. Um, but that's also interest, like school loans, you know. And then she probably said, "Can I pay this? Can I can I get an extension? Can I?" That's more interest, and then it just keeps building. So, yeah. And, and this goes to something we've talked about in other episodes. I really want to see. Um, Unc get a real manager. Like, I love Big L, and apparently he's very good at counting, but it doesn't seem like he's good at anything else that has to do financially with the bank. So I need Unc, like, let, you know, nigga just count. Let Big L keep counting, but let somebody else actually manage and keep the books. That's what I wanted uh, Haley to be if she had acted right, because at the beginning of season two, I thought mm. she was doing really good with that, her handling the money. I think I thought that would have been great for the pink uh, if her mm. and Unc had a got along uh, for her to, to be the money girl, because that's what she's good at. But that didn't work out. Yeah, I agree with that, <clears throat> because I thought that would balance Uncle Clifford has the heart. Haley has the business smarts. So if they were able to come together, they would be able to rise. But both of them were too concerned with being the queen and and being the head and being, you know, but that's another episode. (laughs) So the positive part everybody has been waiting for how long y'all think Marta was in the car? I, Marta was in the car taking a nap. Like, did he pass out back there? Did he get lost? Like, I didn't see him and there the, the first time around. And when the windows rolled up, 
They were rolled up. <laughs> he was musty oh, back oh there. Oh, my God. <laughs> I thought we were going to just stick to him being in the car, and that's it. Don't start Wait. that. No. Y'all said it was hot in the window. I don't know why you thought that. Look, I y'all know I go up for murder two showers a day, right? But let's be let's be for real. If he was sitting in the back of her car for an unmeasurable amount of time, windows up in the south, and a black ass t shirt. I, I hate to say this, like I, it really pains my spirit. But he might have been sweaty, y'all. He was probably no, no, John. They must be. That's must be. Just sweating. It's a whole strip team <laughs> that explains the mustiness in strip terms. Because we all know, as black people, that if you just sweating, your oh, ass is oh, musty. Absolutely. <laughs> It's in the text. Oh it's in the script. So Y'all, I, think I mean, he just, just passed out back there. <laughs> I think he was. Oh my god! <laughs> I will forever be mad at my good sis not seeing him back there giving Mega Mind realness. His head was big as fuck <laughs> in that window for her to walk past oh that car god. and not have seen him at all. Well, she was she was more worried about the money, so her mind wasn't really looking where she should have been. But um, him being in the backseat of that car was some bullshit. Like, we see in a couple of scenes after this him come bursting in the kitchen. So there were multiple ways for him to have this conversation with her without laying in the dark in the backseat of this car. Because when she got in there and noticed him, she thought she was about to die. And then when he said, no, you're not about to die, now she thinks she's about to get robbed. Because what are you doing? Serial killer lurking in the backseat of the car? Like, I would have been screaming bloody murder, and Big L would have had to come out here and drag this nigga out the backseat. Because why are you in this car? Like, this was not cute to me at all. I know, Tia, on um, Twitter, you said some of the stuff that murder did early on would have had you uh, getting a restraining order. This is restraining order shit right here. Like, there is no way he should have been in the backseat of that car. A lot of this first stuff with murder is restraining order type shit. Like, I have to, like I said before, I have to go into fantasy land to really get into their relationship because, yes, I, like, him in the back of the car. And then when he like, you're not going to put, I'm not going to put no slugs in you. He's still like staring her down in the rear view mirror. That's why she was like, well, shit, nigga, if it's the end, let it be that then. Cause you doing a lot. Get to it. I ain't got all night. What are we doing? But yes, it's a lot of restraining order material in this first part. It's cute because you know, it's TV man, but in regular life, absolutely not. I agree. Yeah, regular life, he would have got maced. Yes. Very. Yeah. And I'm going to need Unk to have a gun in her car as well because she can't be, she can't fight. 
So she needs something when she says the amount of times that she gets thrown around <laughs> trying to break up a fight, tussle oh with somebody oh. is ridiculous. So if murder don't get her her own little pistol next season, I know something. Well, can she shoot? We know she can't fight. Can she shoot? I don't think she can shoot no. either. Oh, no. Uh, she ain't up like a murder knife. <laughs> I don't think she can shoot, but let, let's hope she can get some lessons or something. Well, he's going to have to teach her. I did want to mm. say, um, even though I hated him in the backseat of this car, I think uh, it ended up good for both of them because she says some things to him here that he really took with him and applied to his music and it helped changed the course of his mm-hmm. career and I think I um, after the, the conversation was done it kind of changed the course of their relationship so even though he could have did all of this in a different way and it was some bullshit for him to be in that car it worked out well in the end yeah that's true and then also uh, Cliff's reaction when there was a lot quite a few flinches in that moment, too. Um, And I really thought about the domestic abuse because, you know, a lot of times when we have been hurt by another person, your defense mechanism, like, just immediately, like a hand could be coming towards you and you're just, like, in that space again of trauma. So, um not only was she like, oh, but it was, I think it had a lot to do with her past, you know, relationship. So it's just the little nuances in this show that I really love. You know, like Tia said earlier, they are so intentional with everything. Katori does not do anything just because. Um, so even that little moment um, carries over from when she told Mississippi that she was domestically abused. So. Yeah. Yeah. That's it. Mhm. Okay. So yeah. the great debate: fantasy or reality? So I know in my heart of hearts, from the very beginning, I was like, "Damn, it got real spicy. It got real spicy in the paradise room. What was going on?" I felt like. You know, LaMurda was very much thirsty because Aunt went running out like, play this, play this. I feel like um, it looked like LaMurda gave a little sloppy toppy on top of them stacks. But then we find out later on, Auntie said, mm-mm, she was um, daydreaming, just thinking and wishing. And I'm a little bit confused about, she felt very um, vulnerable in this moment. But at the same time, she's like, damn, this nigga might kill me, but shit, I wish the other day when we was in the paradise room, I wish he would have blowed me down. Like, that's crazy. Like, I feel like like that's a lot of mixed emotions happening there. So we've been kind of dialoguing on the timeline as well as here on whether this was Ankh. Um, having, you know, um, remorse for not taking it there when he said, I got this dick, you can have it, 
Um, or did something really go down in the paradise room? What y'all say? I'm going to give my forever answer that there is no (laughs) world where they're doing all this skinning and grinning. And even in, like you pointed out last week, even in this episode, him doing the CD and putting it in her car, all of this is at the end of 102. If nothing happened in 101, 102 makes no sense, then everything else doesn't make any sense. I have always said that I felt like they messed around, they kissed, they, you know, like you said, a little sloppy toppy, maybe some other things. And then he wanted to take it to the next level of actual intercourse. And that's when she was like, you know, yeah. no, I just met you, you that's know, it. after everything else that they've done. But, you know, I just met you. I'm not quite going there yeah. because we learned later with her mom that she's very sensitive to disease and stuff like that. And even though, of course, you can get diseases from fellatio and stuff like that, you know, most people's thought process Mm -hmm. is a little different. So it could be they didn't have condoms or she just didn't want to go there. Either way, it was just, I feel like they did some stuff, but they didn't go there. And that's pretty much to me what murder was saying. Like, I, you know, we did all this. I tried to give you the dick. Why you ain't want this dick? That's how I've always been. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. I need a shirt that says, why you ain't want this dick? With my mom. Murder looking through the rear view mirror. Absolutely. Where you going to wear that at? I ain't going to wear it nowhere. I need to have it. You know, I love when you say that. Like I never heard it before. <laughs> like this is my personal collection. Like, says it. It's the way to it's the way Tia says it. Like it's very like dick. You know, like, okay, girl. Right. He got it. He was trying to poke. You know? Um, but I But that's how he kinda say, comes off. He it's very aggressive and I keep saying murder has like such a big fucking ego, like, oh my God. You know, he just thank you if you leave me with the murder dick. You know how he said. But it's like for him, he he doesn't do rejection well. He it it just yeah, no, he does not. Um he doesn't like rejection but then he won't take initiative. I mean, you know? In season two, mm-hmm. I know I'm going ahead, but we've seen it before, right? So it's like like he did all that texting, she read it, but then he never took his ass to the club or anything like that. Like he didn't want to face face her or something. So yeah. their dynamic is very, very different, and I almost feel like there was a course that the writers were going, and then they kind of like, no, let's do yeah. this. Because season season one just kind of seems very, um, I guess a little, little jagged or something when we're talking about season two. Like, cause the murder of season one, he would have went to the club. The the murder of season one, he stopped there in season one. So you mean to tell me in season two you gonna send all these text messages, but they gonna take your ass back there where the wings at? Like, so there, it was just funny to me. It was, I I don't know. I don't know why he wasn't as bold, but uh, uh, I think yeah. Um, in this scene, especially, we get some remnants of the the 
Pussy Valley stage play murder, who is, uh, mm. I think, very different than the murder that we get as they got in the writer's room mm-hmm. and it, it goes on and mm-hmm. they, they changed it and, and fleshed it out. Um, mm-hmm. For mm-hmm. me, on first watch, this was always fantasy. Um, they did much of anything in the Paradise Room. So when they got to 1-4 on first watch, I thought that was their first everything, their first kiss, their first sexual encounter, all of that happened in 1-4. Um, and I thought that all the way through season two until we got to episode Snow when she said what she said about niggas getting turned out in the Paradise Room. So that that tweet from Katori about these are the things that she wants wasn't a surprise to me because that's what I always thought. Um, I guess they changed it because y'all are right. We talked about it last week, how it, it didn't make sense. And the relationship always felt rushed, but it was, I don't know, it was fantasy to me. I never assumed or mm-hmm. thought that they did anything in that room. Wow. Oh, wow. Okay. That's very, very interesting because, I mean, we have 209 where, you know, murder's like, since when you get custom? And she's talking about turning somebody out. So I'm just like, damn, did y'all do? Like, what did, I mean, I'm sorry to keep harboring on it, but it's like, what the fuck did y'all do for Chris to say turn the niggas out? Like, damn, I don't know. She she got some good things going on. Okay, let me be quiet. Anyway, go ahead, Val. <laughs> okay, so we're going to move along, but before we do, I just want to say that in the chat, Kendra said she will wear it. So I just want y'all to know I'm not crazy. And me and Kendra going to get us some matching. Why you ain't want this dick shirt? Anybody else want in on this? Like, no, I'm just kidding. Absolutely not. If Cyrus don't put it out, I ain't going to wear it. Let's be real. But I think it's a cute idea. So now we move along. I'm assuming it's like the next day or just some other time. And we get our first visual of Chuckalisa. And um, she looking a little, you know, She's looking a little run down, you know. We see people out there, you know, being a community and things like that, but she's looking a little uh, worse for wear, you know. Um, we see Mercedes and Blackie Mild, and we're introduced to mm-hmm. Maine and that whole situation. So um, looking at Chuckalisa, I forget sometimes as we go along that, Tuckalisa is, you know, it's like a place where they don't have as much financially. Things are shut down. Homes are kind of run down. But they are still trying to make it live and thrive. Like something's still going on. Like you said, the, the, the club is shaking and popping. We got a few places working. Somehow murder makes enough money selling drugs. Well, I know in the beginning he was rocking them Walmart um, jewelry case chains, but there's some money there, but it's not enough to keep the city up, you know. Um, what do you guys think about your first thoughts on Chuckalisa um, and that fire-ass track from Little Bad Cousin? <laughs> That's my shit. 
What? I'm sorry. What was y'all thought? Yeah, shout out to Katori. Um, shout out to Katori. Little Bad little Cousin is, that shit is fire. The whole intro fire. to Chuck City. Like, yeah. So shout out to Katori. She said she was working on something else, right? I think, was that you, Tanika, that you made the comment yeah, about I, Little Bad Cousin? And then she said she was she was working on it, right? So we're going to yeah. hear something from her again, I guess, in season three? Okay. Yep. Okay. I was so shocked when I found out that was her. She's just so damn talented, man. It just don't make no sense. Mm-mm. Right. Right? Right? Huh. It was like mm-hmm. God was pouring the talent in and, like, somebody bumped his shoulder and just poured, <laughs> just poured a little extra portions um, into her. And um, she said, look, I got a little too much. So I'm going to bless everybody with this extra, extra talent that I got going on here. Sure. I agree, but, um, okay, so intro to Sadie's and Blackie Mile and Maine. What, I, I, think I, feeling, was, uh, I think for a little bit I was feeling Maine right about here. But like I said on Twitter last night, every time we get Maine in a scene after this, I was feeling him a little less and less. Like, at this point, I think I kind of liked them together. I wanted them together. I could see a relationship for them. Um, but at this point, I'm I'm way off me. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, I yeah. thought it was cute the way that Sadie tried to act like, you know, she, however long she's been liking this man, because it seems like she's lived there forever but never took him up on it. And I understand why, you know, you don't want to do that when he's across the street. But still, it's the way she was, like, jogging and she jogged in place so he could see her. And it was like, oh, man, I didn't see you there. I always thought, I'm like, oh, she's she lucky <laughs> slick. I always thought that was super cute, though. And at this point, I did like Maine a little bit. If his story had been more, I'm out and I'm trying to do some different things, maybe. But to be, you keep going in jail, like, first and foremost, He's supposed to be the lieutenant of the gang. I don't know what he does in the gang, but assign him something else because whatever he is doing, he is not good at it because he keeps going in and out of jail. It's no a new. I don't know if they need a new lieutenant so that 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 person does the lieutenant's job that whatever he keeps going to jail for or what, but. And every time, like Tanika said, this scene, he's kind of cute, but then every time you see him, he's hanging out on the block. Like, how many times do you have to go to jail to realize the block isn't where it's at? Girl. Maybe he got everybody else doing the work. Like, maybe he took the bids? Me? No, I was That's saying maybe, he, maybe yeah. he is true. having everybody else do the work. He's, he's not How like an old Gito, is he? He's supposed to be the way to explain. I think it's, I don't know if it's on Katori's page or in one of the recaps, but he's supposed to be the de facto leader of CFC. So... That's when I saw Girl. that I was like, huh? What? I figured yeah. he was like the on the ground person. And it was somebody else, and it was like the leader, the leader of CSC. <laughs> like I was a little taken aback because uh. Maine is the sloppiest, 
criminal. Like, I, I don't know if he's just <laughs> going to steal Tico sticks. And, and, but, baby, you are big, broad shoulders. I mean, it's not like he going in. Even if he went in there with a ski uh, cap or some shit, they still don't know it's you, big blockhead. You know, like, he is just the sloppiest criminal. And I'm like, bro, you have a game to take care of. Like, you're supposed to be the leader and all that kind of stuff. I mean, I'm just not understanding this in and out, this ankle bracelet. Like, I wouldn't trust Maine for shit. Like, if I was in CFC, I'd be like, yeah, dog, uh-uh, because he is sloppy. But I never really looked at him in Mercedes like that. Um, and I don't know who I wanted to, like, be with Mercedes besides Farrah, but, like, in season one, it was just that wasn't where – they weren't into her love life like that. So it was just Maine. But I just always felt that they would be so disconnected because he always kept going to jail. So you never really had a connection with them or let's go out to eat or let's, I mean, something. So I don't know. I never connected with him and her. Yeah, it's like he wanted his attention but still didn't feel like maybe he deserved or that she should hook up with him? I, I think it was always the proximity like, with him being across the street more than anything until she actually started to change her life. And then it was like, I can't be with no dude that's going to be in and out of jail. But I think it was always the fact that he lives across the street. And if it went bad, the whole situation could go bad. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that would be very awkward. Like, y'all didn't have a whole little tryst and things go left but he across the street? Like, absolutely not. Okay. So I think I'm trying to throw the next two sort of topics together because I want to make sure that we have time to take calls, but I feel like there's a chunk coming up that's really important, and these two kind of topics are, like, smaller. So I'm going to just throw them both out there and then, you know, like a – bag of cats, and, and then, you know, y'all just swat it, whatever you <laughs> want to speak A on. bag of what? So, like a bag of cats. You know, you imagine throw a couple <laughs> a couple cats in the bag and just swirl them around. I have never heard that phrase before. Me either. <laughs> Me either. Okay, like, is a bag of squirrels, like, more relatable? Okay, I'm shooting sure. at now. Maybe, uh, yeah, maybe. <laughs> no, no, I see what Koji be going through, you know. Yeah. This is something about the hot stuff. I just give up. Say things that. I just give up at this okay. point because I'm always, be, I'm always being shaded. That hair for Tia forever shows you with that maybe, maybe. And then on the timeline, Chunky Falunky, what's her name? Chunky, funky, what's her name? Don't do Chunky Light. Don't do Chunky Light. Absolutely not. Chunky Yet Funky, right? Okay, so Chunky Light and Chunky Yet Funky is the same person. I think he changed. I'm not sure of the pronouns, but I think he changed from Chunky and Funky to Chunky Light. Yeah, I think it's, it's I'm, I'm pretty sure. I think one is like the name well, and well. one is like the act. 
and I think they're different. <laughs> oh, okay. So it's a boy. It's a dude. That's no, right. no, no. Chunky Light Essence. My essence. name is um, essence. 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 But what's the pronoun, Chunky Light? While we wait on we're the pronoun. We're waiting in the chat. <laughs> Right, <laughs> we're waiting in the chat because we want to address essence. Oh That's what we do on this she, show. Her. We address she, okay. the popular pronouns. She is she and her. Uh, okay, cool. Yes. Well, she sh- well she shaded me today by saying that my theory about uh, about uh, Corbin being a sub and Cliff being a dom is the only theory that I've ever said that made sense. So okay. I got your call. <laughs> okay, but but did she lie? I, I mean, oh, I didn't, oh, I didn't I, see any lies being told. Listen here, Tabernacle Tanika. Um, or she even said she went wrong. She went wrong. Mm. Yeah. Girl, she, the shade she was so subtle. She thinks, so in your face, all at the same time. It was like a shade. I don't know. It's just mm, what is it? What did uh, Daquan say? Frise. That's what it was. Frise. Um, the so, I just want y'all. Bro, to Frise see was the good stuff. You see? Oh, okay. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. But I just want y'all to know do my co-host like that is. though. Don't do I my co-host like yeah, that though. Right. You are wrong, but you yeah, know, but don't you do can. it. <laughs> Correct, because we we the core <laughs> four, but anybody outside of the core four can't. Right. Obviously. Right. Oh my god. <laughs> okay, so um, I think to yes. to break up a little bit of this um. I was going to move forward on a topic. I think to break up a little bit of this. Is this a good time for our special message? What do you think, Koji? Oh. Just, mm, just I a, think so. Let's break up I this think... little dog pile on Koji. Let's break that up. What a little good Okay. News. So let's, let's, let's pause a little bit. Let's pause a little bit for a little message. What's up, Pink Posse? Have you heard the word? Pea Valley has been nominated for several NAACP Image Awards. Those categories are Outstanding Drama Series, Outstanding Actor, Nico Onan, Outstanding Actress, Brandi Evans, Outstanding Supporting Actor, J. Alphonse Nicholson, Outstanding Supporting Actress, Loretta Devine, as well as outstanding soundtrack slash compilation album. Now, family, this is what I need you to do. Go to vote.naacpimageawards.net. You have until February 10th until the poll closes. Remember, one vote per email. The show will air live on BET. February 25th, 2023. Thank you and congratulations to Pete Valley. You deserve it.
Okay. Was that not the bomb? Thank you so much. Congratulations. Yes. To you Thank you. Make sure y'all vote. Y'all make sure to do what I said. Okay? That's all I was fixing to say. Make sure y'all vote. I used my mama email today. Okay? Everybody email getting used. I don't care. So y'all need to do the same. All right. That's right. So what's the next topic? Reach out to your friends. Okay. Reach out to your friends. Ask them if they're voting. If they're not, ask them what their email is. And then, you know, I ain't saying... You know, I'm not encouraging anybody to. But, you know, if you had wanted to, you know, I think y'all get. I think y'all. Moving along. Um, so, yeah, there's and, a couple of things I want to kind of. Just, sorry, excuse me. Just FYI, we have one hour, seven minutes left. No, actually, actually, 59 minutes left. Sorry, because my, my laptop froze. But, yeah, 59 minutes. Okay. Well, that's why I'm going to start crunching some stuff okay. together so we can move along because we definitely want to hear from the pink posse. Um, we definitely want to mm-hmm. take some calls. We want to hear y'all opinions. So mm-hmm. um, I say let's crunch this next couple of things, and then if we have some interested callers, We'll try to take mm-hmm. those calls in between, still trying to chunk out a lot. This episode had a lot of things, a lot of information it really did. that was mm-hmm. dropped, you know, so that we could understand relationship of characters and the storylines. And so it's like so much to, it was so much to see and absorb and speak on. But we, we do want to hear from you all. So, um, yes. So I'm going to throw these two things out, and then um, let's talk about Andre in the field. But before that, we got to see the interaction between, um, at this point, Sister Patrice and Pastor Gilfield. Um, And then also we get a quick look into um, Haley. She's at the uh, computer laundromat or something. Like, I don't know, it's like some kind of place where it's like, you can wash your clothes. You can use the Internet. You can probably buy a sandwich or something. I don't know, some kind of location like that. Um, but we start off with Pastor Gilfield and Sister Patrice. And um, that was a really interesting interaction. I, I wanted to feel like there was a little more than a pastor secretary or pastor parishioner um, relationship going on in that energy, but also like, or is he just manipulative in general? Like he seems like I I I know a pastor like that who made women feel like he might be interested to get what he wanted. But we don't talk about that person. It's not our business. But what did y'all think? I think it was definitely giving both, and that was part of the manipulation. Because when he walked up in there and was like Patrice Woodbine, I was like, "Are they? Are they fucking? Like, what is what is going on here?" And then the way he was leaning on the on the door uh, the door jam, 
And I definitely thought she thought maybe he was going to try to kiss her or something when he walked up to, to remove that feather from her eyelash. The way she looked, she was wondering what was going on. Yeah. So I definitely thought it was some, some not pastorly things going on here. Um, but another thing here that was interesting to me was last week we watched Patrice run down the manipulation gamut with uh with Mercedes until she found something that stuck and she went in for the kill. But she's getting manipulated in this room. He's running her same game right on her and she mm-hmm. doesn't notice it. She doesn't realize how hard she's being manipulated here. So that was interesting to me. Well I also just to add on to that, um I also feel like at that point she was kind of playing a role because she really wanted to be in the pulpit. So it's one of those things where outside of a situation, you can be just of a bitch, manipulative and everything else. But in another situation, if you're looking for something more, like that pulpit, she kind of, um, you know, stepped back a little bit because she was trying to get to the pulpit. Unfortunately, when he didn't choose her, that's when she came out with the claws. You know what I'm saying? Like, you, it just kind of shows you people can people can do both in different situations. So. I totally agree with that, Koji, because when you look at once she got her own church, which is was her only goal in that, in the scene, like, she was reading Pastor Gilfield for absolute filth every chance she got. So yeah. I do think it was this is another side of manipulation where she was allowing him to think that he was manipulating her to get what she wanted. And once she realized that wasn't working when they got into that actual scene, when he assigned the other pastor Mm -hmm. to um, preach when Mm -hmm. she, when he was gone, you could see her, her interaction with him totally changed because she knew she couldn't manipulate him in that way. So now it was like all gloves off. I'm going to be, Patrice Woodbine that yep. I know how to be. Mm-hmm. She switched quick, right? Did you see how she switched quick? Mm-hmm. She was like vulnerable, Very like quick. oh yeah, this Very is my eyelash, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, good, good points on that scene, y'all. Okay. Okay. So I was mistaken. The next, the what I meant to say was the next portion is um, we see Haley on the phone. And so I want to say, last week, last week y'all was getting on me about talking shit about the dead. <laughs> and during, I got to catch up when she's on the phone. The first name she reads off, which I don't remember, and they say, yes, she's been identified. She's, you know, passed or what have you. She throws that one in the, in the garbage. But then when she says Lakeisha Savage, she said, oh, no, she hasn't been identified. So Lakeisha Savage may be well, uh, alive and well. Um, maybe she did survive. I just want to clarify that I was not disrespecting the dead. I mean, at least we don't know that yet. Um, <laughs> but because you you know you know in our y'all know in our culture we do not speak ill of the dead unless they really deserve yeah. it. But anyway, yeah. um, I just wanted to point that out. But unless they really um, deserve it, <laughs> I'm sorry. 
<laughs> I think that's a new rule that's been added. I've been seeing that on the internet. They've been talking about somebody oh dead, and they and they just be like, "Well, no, if they was a shitty human, they were a shitty human." And mm, you know, but that don't have nothing to do with P Valley, so. <laughs> I'm just saying. Yeah. Okay. We see Andre is also looking at the computer. So we get that all chunked together. Andre is looking at the pictures. She checking IDs. Um, any thoughts on, on that? Like, Andre looking with his looking ass. I think it was Toki that said something on the timeline that them pictures that was up on his screen didn't, didn't have nothing to do with that damn casino. Hmm. <laughs> uh. Yeah. He he was yeah. definitely weirdly obsessed with her from the beginning. Yeah. That's because her face was on that her face. He was always looking at her. Every time they panned to his laptop, it was Haley. Okay? Where are the blueprints for the casino? Okay? And every time they show it's Haley, it's Haley. And then she had to go dig she had to go dig in the files and the C drive, D drive, wherever to find the damn Blueprints for the casino. Like, it, it was just giving ID channel. I'm sorry. But anyway. Very much so. So, speaking of Andre, um, he's in the field waiting on the Kyle brothers to come out. And um, we see all this stretch of cotton. And, and these... Uh, <clears throat> The brothers, the brothers come out, <laughs> and, and they tell Andre, go ahead and pick you some. I could not believe that this is based on, I mean, I could believe it, but I was shocked to find that this is based on a true story, like a real life mm. situation. And I'm just like, the caucasity to even think this is a suggestion. Like, like, anywho, um, we see there's a deal being made. This whole interaction tells us a lot. So what are the thoughts between, I never noticed the pink was, like, really on the other side of their property until, like, they were building the canal. Somehow, and I feel bad because we talked about, uh, we talked about Koji, Tanika got muted. <laughs> when when they didn't see the, the pink glow across the woods. But <laughs> as many times as I have watched this episode, I somehow, like, erased it, scrubbed it from my mind, didn't see it. The big-ass sign that says, the pink. On the other side of the field, when they pan out and point to it, I'm, I'm just going to head out myself because we we dragged the sisters through about that, and it's not fair for me to not get mine. Um. <laughs> it's just good for me well, to I know do. that I'm not the only one that don't be paying attention. So I love knowing <laughs> that. Yeah, that brings you to know other stuff. Right, that yep. you're not the only one. I <laughs> no, do. But I mm-hmm. do want to. I do want to point out, though, one thing I do love about Katori, the writers, 
they really do bring authenticity. Like it was an actual, it actually happened to her. And so she wrote it in the storyline. She actually talked to a stripper who said for $400, an anesthesiologist watched her sleep, and she put that in the show. Um, mm-hmm. That, to me, is, I, I love that, you know, and we don't find those things out till we, you know, till she writes it up on Twitter and stuff. So it just makes it very, it's not a show that just puts anything on your screen. There's actually depth. And nine times of ten, it may be a story behind it. And I really like that. It's just an extra layer of why the show is good because these stories actually happen. And you learn how weird the world is a lot of times and how crazy and mm. still behind the times we are. Like a Tori telling you, and what what year was that? 20, 2019, 2018? And so yeah, like, it was 2018 so, or 2019. It, like when... When we talk about America, there are two Americas. There are two Americas. Let me stop because mm-hmm. I can go on and be political. So we're going to go on. I'm listening. I'm listening, John. The biggest thing that was in my face about this scene is, so mm-hmm. when we get later down, so in this scene, you see Wyatt being like the like off kilter one, the like can't control his temper, and you see Wayne being real calm. But when they get to signing it in that room when they pull the gun, it's Wyatt being somewhat calm, and Wayne ends up being the one to pull the gun. And I don't know why I always thought it was Wyatt that pulled the gun because of like this scene, like remembering it. But looking at it again, it was interesting how they kind of flip flop the two brothers' personalities in those two scenes. Mm. Yeah, and we still don't know where the fuck why it is. Right. Right. Where? Why it just disappeared? I wonder if I know y'all got some theories on that. He's definitely a Chuckalisa Strangler. (laughs) We said it. Chuckalisa Strangler, of course. But they are serial killing brothers, so... Wayne was doing it, oh too, and Wyatt was making the block hot, so he had to send Wyatt off for a little while until he got the block calmed down, mm-hmm. and then we will see because the canal is going to unearth. I mean, it's deep, y'all, but we're going to save that for season mm. three. Right, right. Yeah. Right. Yeah, for real, for real. That's what I was saying. I could go off on politics, and you can go off on the Chuck Lee Strangler, and we only have – um. 45 minutes left. 45 minutes. Yeah, we have 45. 45 minutes. So in the interest of time, um, do yeah. we ha- if, if, if we have some callers and we have some opinions, I'm thinking mm-hmm. I'm going to just breeze through um, just Sadie's and, and the Terrica situation really, really quick. I, I know we need to get into the annual soap down and we want to get into murdering them in the kitchen. Oh, my God, we have so much. So at some point, I think in the interest of time, we might skip some stuff um, mm-hmm. that maybe isn't necessary for a whole dialogue. We'll just kind of cruise through it. And then when we get to the stuff that's really like meat and potatoes. But um, if we have some callers, now's the time to get in the queue and we'll plug you in and hear your thoughts as we kind of try to move along because we want to make sure we get through as much as we can um, by the time of the end of the show. 
So we're gonna be rewatching I... for at least another year. So we'll we'll get to them in the next one. Right. Whatever we don't yeah, talk about today. That's very true. We'll talk about <laughs> in like three months. Like what? Three, four, six months. Oh whatever. However long it takes us to get through eighteen episodes. I'm not a mathematician. Eighteen <laughs> We spend eighteen weeks. We spend eighteen weeks, and then we're gonna take another hiatus. And then we got to figure out another fun way to rewatch episodes. I'm like, we're definitely all thinking about how to make this very fun and, you know, maybe do trivia and then whoever wins, they get to pick the rewatch episode. I don't know, but we'll do something different next time. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So, um, I'm going to just run through this. We, today we see Sadie's in the Chuckalisa Challengers, right? And they're in a parking lot. They had practice in the lot. Um, the girls find out that Sadie's is renting the building. So we definitely don't want to, like, not talk about this because it comes very important later, but I kind of just want to throw it through and then move on to the angle soap down so we can get to some other interesting theories we've been hearing this week. So I noticed that we get our first little hint that there's something about Terica and Shell. In this moment, they don't really, we still don't have a good relation or good idea of what's happening here, but I noticed the camera pans to Shell's attitude and Terika standing there feeling away after the guys came and Kat called um, Sadie's. But I thought it was important to kind of mention that um, this is where we start to see um, Mercedes dream coming along, and this is where we start to realize there's something a little deeper going on um, with the relationship with Terika um, and Shell, even without it really um, saying too much. But, um, like I said, in the interest of time, we're going to skirt, skirt around. Do we have any calls yet on the line, or should I continue to push through no, the annual meltdown? No, I'm... Well, I wanted to give the number. I know it's in the um Okay. I know it's in the chat and everything, but you can give us a call if you have any thoughts on what we've discussed so far. It is five one five six zero two nine seven seven three. That is five one five six zero two nine seven seven three. If you are using your computer to listen to the show, there is an option to direct connect. I keep forgetting to say that every show, but there is an option to direct connect and we will still be able to get your call, okay? All right. Okay, and family, please so, call. We love hearing from y'all. And y'all be on the timeline saying, yeah, I might call next time. I want to say something, but I'm nervous. Don't be nervous. We be nervous Don't too. be scared. Don't be scared. Don't, <laughs> don't be scared. Y'all better bust up in the kitchen with y'all lost. <laughs> y'all, y'all comment oh. our champagne campaign value, and we want to hear them. Okay, moving right along. Right. Um, so we have the annual soap down, and you know the girlies are out there in their car wash couture. Um, you know they try to get the teamwork to make the dream work. We got Unc, we got Big L, everybody's out. We're introduced to the first black male, Chuckalisa. 
I'm sorry, y'all. <laughs> okay, that was shocking. That was good, but that was shocking, y'all. But that was good for real. Tia, make sure you put that on the timeline. Okay, make make sure you put that. Tia, make sure you put that, please, and put that on. The I got timeline. the timestamp. I got you. Me. I got the timestamp. Thank you, boo. Thank you. I'm sorry, Cause y'all. Because I'm tired of getting um, I got multiple. It's your turn. <laughs> Lord have mercy. Y'all forgive me. I got mer- multiple personality advantage, and, you know, every now and then it just stuff happens. But anywho, <laughs> we have yeah. the annual slowdown. Yes. And we're trying to get 55K out of, what, 25 cars? <laughs> and <laughs> <laughs> Lisa. And uh, we got the mm. mayor. We got Haley uh, having a a moment in life, and um, so what are your thoughts? So just let's throw them out there, like I said, like a you know, like throw them on into the bag. All the thoughts. I just want to know if Sadie's was planning on gangster walking on the cars because I don't know why she had on them high ass heels while everybody else had on sneakers. <laughs> oh my god. He's the bottom bitch, remember? I just realized that. Like, no, I've probably seen it, but just never took no stock in it. Who the hell goes to the car wash in the hills? You right. Uh-huh. Girl, Sadie. Sadie. <laughs> she said in this life, but I got to go wanna... pull out, even at the car wash. Yes. But I do have a question for you, Tanika. Now, was your biblical tabernacle theory uh, biblical coming tabernacle. to fruition at this, at this point? Was it happening? Was it happening? Was it, was it happening in this moment because the interaction between Cliff and Tidal at this moment definitely wasn't giving that your theory? So, well, see, um, see, I, I think just, it I does. Mean, you, Oh, I, I, I still get that here. Um, I remember in a past episode, Jaw talked about how this, um, this, this interaction between Cliff and Tidal was more, I don't remember the exact words you used, Jaw, but like, it wasn't friendly. I don't know what you said, but um, mm-hmm. to me, she, last night on the, on the timeline, I said she, she backs down from him really quickly. And y'all thought I was talking about, um, her relationship with Murda, but it's, it, it's her interaction with oh. him. When she, when he's talking to her here, mm-hmm. she lets him talk to her in ways and get away with things. And we see it in the barbershop also mm-hmm. that she doesn't do with anyone else. Mm-hmm. Um, Remember when she walked up, I don't remember what episode it was, but um, for the, the rally that she had with, with Patrice, when she had her tambourine and she had yes. her Afro wig yes. on, and, and Patrice mm-hmm. was like, what the hell is this? And she was like, uh-uh, what you're not going to do is disrespect me. She checked that really fast with Patrice, and she does not do this with Tydell at all. Like, she backs down quickly, and we see her do it multiple times. So, for me... This interaction just solidifies my theory that this is her daddy. Like, that is her father, and I am convinced that's the hill I will die on. And, uh, Jod, that 
that YouTube video that you sent me where Nico was talking about um, Clifford's father and how eventually we were going to go back and look at mm-hmm. season one with a fine-tooth comb and, and try to pick up the clues, to me, mm-hmm. I mean, this, this is it right here for me. Okay. And I, I agree. Like, she does soften her tone. They're more friendly. Like, even the other guys, when she goes to take, when she hops in the picture and the other guys recognize she's there, they're running and they're like, oh, you know, they're doing the toxic masculinity nonsense. Mm-hmm. And um, even though he's done all these things to try to prevent the, you know, well, I won't say it's to prevent the pink. And in his, maybe in his heart and mind, He's um, making Chuck Lisa better by eliminating some things that he feels like is an issue. But he still showed up, like someone on the timeline pointed out. And then, like there, like you said, that interaction was, come on over here. You can't take a real picture over here. You know, yep. like it wasn't just like, all right, you know, clean my car. Come over here and, and take a picture. You know, their banter was opposing but not – aggressive and you're right she showed check the hell out of uh sister patrice and mm-hmm. and and gave that and didn't with tydale and i always just assumed it was because you know he was threatening he was like you know what you got going on in there and you're this and you're that she's like no 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 <laughs> so i have a for sure i have a question about this so do y'all feel like nobody knows that's his dad is this so quiet as it's kept um nobody knows type thing except grandmother. I mean, because if that's the case, I'm I'm just I'm just looking at it from this point of view and I'm just like, okay, I understand how Tidell treats uh Cliff and, and the interactions and I'm thinking about everything and I'm like, Okay, does no one know? I don't think the town knows. <laughs> I think she knows. I think grandmother knows. Um, I don't right. think the rest of the kids, I think the rest of, of Tidal's kids know her, but I don't think that they right. know that's their sibling. I think. Oh, okay. Yeah, mm-hmm. I don't think anyone else but her and mm-hmm. grandmother and Tidal know. I was just wondering, because, you know, sometimes families, even though they know what it is in certain situations, They'll still be like, hey, yeah, so I didn't get that they don't know. I didn't get that. So I was just wondering what you thought about who knew. Do you think even though people didn't know for sure that there could be, like, rumors about it that we might see in coming seasons? Because I've seen situations like this in real life where somebody somebody else other than who is said to be the father is somebody's real father the family, some of the family knows, some don't, and then there's, like, whispers, especially mm-hmm. in a small town like this. There's, like, whispers mm-hmm. about it around town, but no one actually knows for sure. Yeah. Very possible. <clears throat> That's a thought. Yeah. Okay, so I'm clocking the time. And that's so crazy. That... Go, ahead. Oh, okay. Go ahead. No, I was no, just thinking, I was like, that's so crazy. If Corbin, if Corbin is the sub and, like, he's working with Cliff, like, everything is just so weird. Now my mind is going. I mean, you may be all the stuff to me. I'll give you that. But my my brain is going now because I'm just like, oh, my God, Corbin is the sub. 
works with the daddy. Yeah, so I'll deal with that on the timeline. I know we have 32 right. left, so, and there are no callers on the phone. I don't know what's going on with y'all hosts today. Because y'all usually be willing to get on the line and chop, chop, chop it up and all that. But y'all in the chat and just quiet and all this. What's up? I mean, you know, your y'all number. Want, y'all don't want to talk to me? That's cool, whatever. Yeah, 515-602-9773, 515-602-9773. We only have, well, really 25 minutes because we really trying to close that out, right? But. So, right. want to get your thoughts? Yeah. You better call in. Okay. So next up, I'm gonna try to throw. I'm gonna throw a big chunk of information out. Touch what you want to touch. Okay. So we have the kitchen scene. Well, prior to the kitchen scene, the the, the chef quits. The cook quits. Um, he going home to little Lydia. Then we have Unc and Big L trying to. Ooh, I don't know what the hell they were trying to do up in there. Um, I hope we the baby is call, okay because that baby. Oh, we got a call. Okay, well, before um, why don't you? Do, yeah, you do that. You, you want, want me to pick call? up the call and then right yeah, now? Yeah, pull them up. Finish your thoughts. Yeah. Okay. Cool. All Hi, right, all. So this is welcome to the show. <laughs> it's Lex. <laughs> Hey Lex. Hey Lex. Hey Lex. Hey, Lex. Hi, my love. Um, now, <laughs> I was always thinking, um, in reference to Tydell, I believe he knew who um Unc was, and Unc knew exactly who her dad is. Um, just because of how she doesn't have a problem with coming into the barbershop where he is and just talking to him. And then in the episode where Andre and um, him are just basically going back and forth about how she figured out information about um, the actual casino, um, I was just always like, you may not like her, like her sexual identity, but for whatever reason, you always find a way to show up for something. Um, you always have your hand in something when it comes down to her. Um, and the same thing, I believe, goes for Corbin. Um, in a way, they're not trying to hurt her, but in reality, they are, um, because that's all she knows is the point. Um, so I always was like, if y'all are not trying to hurt her, um, in a way of like kind of sort of like removing her actual club from the area, why are y'all doing the things that y'all are doing to her? Um, and not giving any regards to her feelings about it, how long it's been in her family, and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So that was always something that I was always, like, concerned about when it come, came down to Corbin and also uh, Tidell. Because it was always something to me that kind of yeah. sort of just, like, threw me. Yeah, and you know what, Lex? You make some great points that I did not think about, and that is very true. Mm-hmm. Like him showing up, like mm-hmm. I was just like, oh shit, maybe Tanika is right, <laughs> oh, because he does show up, she does pop up, and everything mm-hmm. else is kind of like I can't stand, I can't stand who you are, but I know it's the annual mm-hmm. soap down, and I'm gonna come and support your efforts 
anyway. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, I'm I'm mad now. Mm-hmm. That's nice. <laughs> and re- and remember her reaction when he showed up when the when the the Escalade first pulled up. It was like it don't matter who that is, as long as they got fifty dollars to pay for this car wash, it's fine. And when she yeah. saw who it mm-hmm. was, it was immediately this nigga got some nerve. Why is he here? And and yeah. Big L trying mm-hmm. to hold her back. So yep. that flipped mm. quick when she realized who it was. And the way that she sat here and said to everybody, um, I want y'all to basically detail this car to where I can, I want to fuck it. I was like, and like in her yeah. heart, she wasn't going to charge him for actually coming. Mm-hmm. She wasn't, it just seems like that okay. wasn't her intentions. Mm-hmm. I agree. These are some great points. Okay. I love that y'all yes, on board with my I'm theory. Like yep. <laughs> the amount of people well, on board my, with this theory, I screenshot them all. I'm going to post them sometime this week. It's like four or five, and it cracks me up every time that people have just <laughs> embraced this theory like mm-hmm. this. Because I mean, I'm finally, I guess, embracing it after what Lexi was saying. Like, now mm-hmm. I can see that because I have a different kind of relationship with my dad so when you said that I was like you know what that is so fucking true Hmm. okay because it just um I guess it also stems stems from the fact of what he believes norms are in a relationship um and I, I totally understand that because when I was like in my teens I had came out to my um, family and stuff like that about being bisexual. And my uncles and my cousins, like, my uncles was like, your mother, your grandmother doesn't want to hear about um, you liking girls. Um, and my grandmother, she was one of those older women. She was from Alabama, and she moved uh, north to mm-hmm. New Jersey. So me and her always had times where we would just sit down and talk. And at the time when I was dating um, this female or whatever have you, um, she asked about her and her grandmother or whatever because I would say something about it. And, every, like, my uncles and stuff would try to make me feel some type of way, like, your grandma don't want to hear nothing like that. I'm like, at the end of the day, I'm her granddaughter. Like, she's going to support me regardless. I'm like, I never brought up the conversation. I just told her or whatever what I what I like, and she just, out of nowhere, one day just had a conversation with me about it, and everybody made it seem as though, like, I, put, I pushed it on her. So it's not always that thing, that case. So some people have to kind of sort of be mindful because it's just because you don't like something like that, you don't know what someone else is upset, accepting to to their grandkids or nieces, nephews, and stuff like that, even if that's something that they are not comfortable with really addressing, but they're going to support you nonetheless. So, Lex, that mm-hmm. makes me think of the vid- the YouTube video that Ja sent mm-hmm. me the other night. Um, Nico was doing an interview, and the person asked him what would Clifford need if she got married, and one of his answers was um, – she would need the approval of her father. Um, And then she talked about, uh, I'm screwing up pronouns. And then he, Nico, talked about us, the audience, going back and and looking at season one and picking up clues. Um, Mm -hmm. And you talked about how 
um, Tidal shows up for her even mm-hmm. though he doesn't approve. So that made me think, I thought, like, she doesn't have that great relationship with Tidal. He wouldn't approve if she got married. But now that you say those things, maybe he actually would have, and he probably would have shown up at the wedding and done all those things. So, Yeah, it happens that way for certain times because um, from my own experience, it's like when it comes down to your parents, um, certain times they do not approve, but it's something about southern grandparents because it's like that what they what I have seen um with like my grandparents and stuff like that um my uncle that passed away he was gay um and that was something that my grandfather never cared about um but my grandma on the other hand um she tried her best to try to make sure that everybody was loved in some form of fashion. She may not have really liked, liked that for him. Um, however, um, it was one of those things where I'm going to support you. And then I guess when she found out about me, um, what I missed out with my son, I'm going to try to make sure that I don't miss out on that with my granddaughter. They're try- it's just one of those things oh, where, beautiful. like, if you miss out on something with your kids, if they try to make it up with grandchildren or nieces and nephews um, and then mm-hmm. kind of do a 180 with their kids just so that they know that I love you, you are accepted, and things like that. So some people, it just takes them a little bit of time to get past um, what they believe would be some, what society believes is normal um, because every family is different, every dynamic is different, so they just try to more so of just show some form of compassion um, to what they see and what they observe when it comes down to what a person identifies as or with. Okay. I got you. Yeah. Good point. I love I love your thoughts. I love your thoughts, Licks, and I appreciate you for calling in today. Um, I know that probably T is really going to, clip you know some of your thoughts um so and we we really appreciate your support you've been very supportive of us um but we have 21 minutes left so we have like maybe a couple more topics to discuss and then we have to Mm -hmm. end the show so thank you for calling us today chat with y'all you know (laughs) yes yes all right sending you love dear Thank you. Send love back to y'all. You will. Okay. You All right. Welcome. All right, bye. All right. So once again, in the interest of time, I'm going to just throw some stuff at the wall. Y'all pick up, you know, where you want to go. We have the kitchen scene. Murder. We have another caller. Okay. We have another caller. Uh, okay. Um, sorry, Donna, to cut you off. Um, hold on one second. No, it's fine. Hello, 919. Welcome to the show. Who is this? Hey, y'all. It's Chunky. Hey. Hey, Essence. Howdy. <laughs> um, hey. I was just calling and talking about this chicken kitchen scene, Big L burning these wings, and I don't understand why they keep ordering wings in the paint. 
because you know they nasty. <laughs> well, I've never been to a strip club, but you got to have wings at the strip club. That's what I heard. But if you if they nasty, yeah. why are you gonna keep ordering? <laughs> I don't know that. Has so anyone ever said that the everybody. wings were nasty? Yeah, I don't think no, that anyone has ever no. said that no. the wings were nasty. They just said they gave them gas. I don't think anyone actually said they didn't <laughs> taste good. I mean, Big L's wings right. can't taste good. As much as that damn greasy is. Well, they was giving them away for $3 for a dozen. So, I right, mean, it gotta be and they had to remind folks that they $3 a dozen. Yeah. If you're giving away wings for $3 a dozen, you don't got to remind nobody. That line should be around the corner. I, I think them wings might be nasty, y'all. But people it, were ordering the wings, though. Like, y'all acting like That's nobody was ordering. That was why it was such a big deal, like, like that. Because the only thing we ever see them make is the wings. Now, I don't know what Big L was doing with the liquor after the the frying and whatever else. And, and I'll say this. I love me some murder. But do you know how long it takes to pan sear every order of wings? <laughs> In yeah, a that's high true. traffic place like a strip club, I was like, they need to be pants. If you don't get the entire fuck, this is a strip club, not a five-star <laughs> restaurant, my friend, or a five-star prison kitchen, whichever one he got pants in. Or, or a Michelin, Michelin awarding winning kitchen. Yeah, no, absolutely not. And I don't, I don't think Murder's Wings was that good either. They had to taste like pure marijuana. Because he was putting the leaves in it. And they everything. had to because he did not do that shit. I say this all the time when that scene comes mm. on. His fucking can of butter was terrible. And I know, like, apparently I'm a little connoisseur or whatever. I grew up in Cali, so it is. But when you actually cook with them, you got to actually decarb that, like, put it in the oven, let it bake. Because, like, that's what, like, what she said, it'll taste literally like fucking grass. If you if you don't do that right, and it wasn't right, but you know when he fed it, hand fed it to Unc, she liked it, so that's all that matters. Did she like oh. the wings or did she like him? She act like them wings oh, were busting. I don't know, but she might have been lying. Huh? I mean, maybe it was a little column A, a little column B. Mm-hmm. Right. Maybe she was high. Uh, like that yeah. Column A. Everything column tastes B. good when you high. She, she might have been already hot. It does. smoking while it's they were cooking. the most cooking. delicious thing in the world. You know, mm-hmm. like, I don't like honey mustard, but back in the day when I used to, you know, chief, get my big chiefing mm-hmm. on, I would love to go to White Castle and get the chicken rings with the honey mustard. I mean, it would be busting, busting. But, like, I would be sober and go get that shit, and I'd be like, who the fuck eats honey mustard? Like, <laughs> So maybe she was high. Not too shade and honey mustard. Because I'll sure eat some honey mustard, girl. That's okay. <laughs> that is one of my favorites. It is terrible to me. It depends on who makes honey mustard. <laughs> we will not stand for this honey mustard slander. Okay. <laughs> we will not stand for it. I done said the wrong thing up in here. Honey Lord, mustard is baby. my favorite condiment, but everybody honey mustard ain't good. I eat kind of, I've never had nasty honey mustard. I've How never had nasty, nasty honey mustard, honey but I'm mustard. just saying. It's literally honey and mustard. What is happening? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Some people maybe make it, it with Dijon. Maybe it was just white castle. They put too much Dijon in it. 
Yeah, maybe, maybe it was, maybe it was just Castle. White Castle, no. which is crystals for anybody yeah, who doesn't be. understand. Wait, no, we're South, not going to do that. that I don't understand either one of those. We're not going to do White, White Castle, Castle. is crystals. We're not even going to tell that lie that White Castle is we're crystals. Not. They are not the same. I mean, they're not the same. White Castle is White Castle. Crystal is crystal. When I went to go visit my grandma in Tennessee, she took me to Crystals, and they had, they was like little Ain't no burgers, way like, you from Chicago, spot. and you went to Crystals and thought Crystal tasted like White Castle. Ain't no Look, way. I was seven. No I don't know what that shit tastes like. <laughs> <laughs> that was a long time ago, but what I'm saying was, but aren't the Crystal burgers little small squares? Aren't the, aren't the crystals little small it's squares? It's the same concept, but they don't taste anything. Okay, they are squares. The difference is crystal doesn't do the onions like White Castle does. That's the big difference. But they actually do. It tastes totally different. Like, I, you know, I was born in Chicago, even though I grew up in Cali. And I went to Chicago, like, every vacation. Came down here for college, and, you know, they told me the same thing. Crystal tastes just like White Castle. Bet. Nigga, quit lying. Cause Crystal don't taste nothing like white guys. Nothing. Okay, we all stopped. Oh and we all yeah, we got under fifteen minutes. Chunky Light didn't came her ass in here talking about honey mustard. Jai. Okay, so honey mustard the babe. We got Crystal's white castle off us all, all because we started this. I was talking about the damn wings. We wings. We we yeah yeah you were. You were chunky. Well, we probably I mean, be talking about murder stalking tactics that won Uncle Cliff Hart, okay. and we talking about fucking White Castle. So let's move yeah, on, though. We we have let's address murder stalking tactics. Anybody really crashing the face? <laughs> yeah. Does anybody else want to use last five minutes? Fourteen minutes. Yes. Yeah. No, we we only got about ten to the to this. We got ten minutes. Right. We only got a little okay. A little time to. Mm-hmm. Okay, let me look. Go ahead, Coach. Thank you, Essence, for calling. Thank you for calling. Thank you for calling, Essence. We are. Bye, y'all. But not coughing before you get off air. Oh, bye. Lord, y'all know y'all can't call here coughing. Look, y'all done heard enough episodes to know. You cannot. We had a meeting Coach, about get this. If you call. We had a meeting about this coughing on <laughs> We ain't even allowed to cough. If we got to cough, we got to hold that in. We're <laughs> moving right along. <laughs> oh, my God. What, I think like, we should talk you about know. Oh, You come up here skin and choking. <laughs> okay. Okay. Go ahead, baby. We got like eight minutes. <laughs> Before we get into Corbin and Andre in the VIP Uncle Sadie's talking outside, Andrea Haley, private room experience. Does anybody want to say anything about the kitchen or any of those things that I just read off that y'all think is really, really, really important before we get to murder leaving that CD in the car? Or do we just want to, um, you know, just whatever you have left to say about that episode, just throw yeah, it out the there. Last let's topic. do that. So whatever Maybe you so. want to get out for this last topic, <laughs> yeah. let's, let's rock. So it's not important, but to me, the stuff in the kitchen, in my mind, was always like their first little date, what they did in this kitchen, getting to know each other here. They probably 
exchange numbers. And I know last week on the episode we talked about off-screen stuff that happened between episodes. Mm-hmm. To me, a lot of off-screen stuff had to happen between this to get to next week and him talking about not tonight, Shorty, because that was a lot of flirting happening that we hadn't seen before. So a bunch of off screen mm-hmm. stuff between these two episodes. That's all I got. Okay. Yeah, I come on, throw it out there. Um, I'm just trying to see. Well, we're not skipping to the mind. We're not doing just that. Say whatever you want. Okay, at this point, whatever your last episode is for this show. Okay, so I do want to point out because I think it was Chunky Funky, um, Essence. Sorry, sorry, Essence. I think it was Essence on the timeline because I had made a point of okay, the whole CD, you know, he, you know, giving it to her because she's an older woman, et cetera, et cetera. That's why he gave her a CD. But Essence brought up the fact that you know he had broken to her car, so he knew that's what she had inside the car. And I was like, oh yeah, that's true. And then I remember when they did the rally, when she did the rally with Woodbine, she was listening to mine in the car. So, yeah, she had a CD player, so everything made sense after Essence said that. And I just love this. I just love this episode. It was a lot going on, a lot of setup, carrying us into three and four. So that's all I have. Okay. Um, I think something that's important to mention is here we find out that Corbin wants to lease and not sell. He's thinking about long term. The other brothers already got money. They don't care. But that little um, dialogue between Corbin and Andre, um, you know, that's where we find out those sort of things, the whole you know, blood ain't thicker than water around these parts, Corbin said. And so it's like, you know, family could be the most shadiest person, you know, et cetera. Mm-hmm. Um, and, yeah, Andre and Haley, private room sesh, um, hot or not. And I'm like, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Remember when they were talking about their scars? <laughs> That's where you get to the meat of the scars. That no, oh, that is. I never. I, oh, I'm I'm yeah. dumb. I never. I never put that together. Scar, scar. <laughs> that was weird <laughs> to me, because <laughs> like you're getting a lap dance and you're feeling on this girl's C-section scars. Like what? Why would you? Mm-mm. What? Exactly. No. That is. But he didn't really want no dance, bro. He wanted to mm. talk. Remember. But I think that's good to point out. I have heard that some guys go to the strip club because that's where they feel like they can oh, be heard. They don't always go there to, you know, they just want to talk. They want someone who listen. And these girls, they're going to get that cash. So if i got to mm-hmm. sit there for 30 minutes and listen to you tell me a boring story about how your wife sucks in bed, then I'm going to do that so I can get my money. Yeah, you know, uh, but he walked away feeling hurt. Katori definitely put really uh, – episode breakdown tweet that says something like that. I don't know if I retweeted that last night, but I will if I didn't about how some men come in the club and use it kind of as therapy to have someone that they can talk to. Mm -hmm. Mm That's true. The sex work industry in general has a lot of that. Escorts, 
any in the sex work. That's what they say. A lot of times they just mm-hmm. want to talk, and it's not anything else. It's like they don't feel like they're being heard. And off subject, but on Oprah actually did a like a show back in the day where she had a bunch of men that had cheated on their wives, and she asked them like, "What's what's so special about?" And you know, some were doing like cheating, doing was sex workers and some were just having mistresses and she said what was so special and all of them said nothing she just listened to me Mm. seems like they missed out on talking about love languages to me which a lot of people don't do first thing just a message Mm -hmm. for y'all the first thing you do when you meet somebody find out each other's love languages because some of y'all be on opposite Oh. <laughs> what? I'm just saying. When you first meet them, send that quiz on over. A couple conversations. Hey, babe, can you take a quiz for me? No, get to know each other's love languages. I'm just saying it's important because, anyway, it's important. Okay. So we got like two minutes. So, yeah, my last little thing, and then I'll close, I'll start the closeout. Um. I, um, this episode, every time I watch it, I, I don't know if anyone else has, does does this whenever they rewatch it, is you be looking and you almost look up to see if you're in a different episode because it's so much stuff going on in this episode. And I think this is one of the few days that we have, um, or the few episodes where we have like so many days in one episode. I don't think we have so many other, any other episode that has, so I think we go through three, at least four days in this one episode, and for it to be that many days in this episode, I think they do such a good job of fleshing out the story, because with a lot of other shows, it would feel rushed, but for however Katori and them do, and I think that's part of not just the dialogue, but the cinematography and the mm-hmm. costuming and the lighting, all of that is telling a story. And this is one of those episodes where it's so much going on, it never seems rushed, and everything tells a story. And the last thing I want to say about the episode itself, I just want to know where Lil Murder got CDs to burn and what he burned them on <laughs> in this year of our Lord, 2019. That's all I wanted to know. But anywho, it was a great episode, everyone. Uh, Thank you so much for the callers that called in. We hope to hear more of you next week. Um, But we're going to go ahead and close this out. Make sure, as I said earlier, you get on Twitter. Um, and make sure that you're on there checking out the timeline because you know the timeline that I would rather be messing up because anything new is going to premiere there first. And then Jive's going to talk to you a little bit about bonus content. All righty. Thanks, everyone, for um, tuning in with us. But if y'all notice, we have some bonus clips this week. So I just want y'all to keep y'all FBI eyes open for more bonus content this week wherever you replay our episode. Tanika? Um, make sure you guys are following us um, at Pink Sunday Radio on Twitter and on Instagram. Uh, go over to Linktree. You can subscribe to us whenever we have a new link, whenever we get up on a new platform. We have a Pink Sunday Radio YouTube, the Pink Sunday Radio Discord. If you want to go through those episode breakdown tweets that I retweeted last week, if you to the Discord, it's on the Linktree, so make sure you follow the Linktree. 
You can also vote for the NAACP awards there, so make sure you click that. Koji, what do you got to say? I really have, I don't have too much to say today. Again, I appreciate y'all for understanding. I'm a little under the weather. And Ja, I think you did an amazing job um, guiding everything today. thank you. You're welcome. You're welcome, most definitely. Um, And I just want you guys to make sure that you come to our page and just know you're going to have new content every single day. Shout out to Tia and Tamika, who does our creative and media. And when you see all the articles and stuff, that's Tamika getting that together, all the graphics and shit, that's Tia. So I guess my time is really just thanking you guys because that's important. Um, And, yeah, you can follow me at Koji underscore Mama, okay? I did make my IG public instead of private because we're living out in the open in 2023. So it's the same name over at IG as well. Um, I thought maybe you guys wanted to plug your individual socials as well, too, just to piggyback it to you, Tanika. Well, y'all know I'm at your girl, Jiggy. Uh, It's the same thing on Instagram. Like Koji, my Instagram is now public. If you want to follow me over there, you can. (laughs) (laughs) Tia. I'm Minnie is Max on... um, Twitter, I'm Tia Down in the Valley on Instagram. I do have a Facebook. It's just a personal one. I'm never on there, but it's Tia Ricky, which is my actual middle name, but that's a story for another day. But, yeah, those are all mine. You know what? Oh, you can find me on uh, Instagram at Ja underscore the underscore goddess. And um, y'all know I'm Ja the goddess as one word on Twitter. Also find me on Facebook as Java Goddess. Because she's the goddess. You know? Aww. Okay. <laughs> All, All right. right. So we're so, just going to play the outro, and we're going to get off this thing. See y'all next week. <laughs> okay. Sounds good. See y'all next right. time. See you next time. Appreciate y'all for listening to the show. You can find us on Blog Talk Radio by using the link bit.ly slash Pink Sunday. For Apple Podcasts, go to PinkSundayRadio.com. Make sure after listening to the replay, you leave a five-star rating in the review, as well as a subscribe. For Google Podcasts, go to PinkSundayRadio.com slash Google Podcasts, as well as Spotify at PinkSundayRadio.com slash Spotify. Hope to see y'all at the next episode.